got 10 minutes, more or less, to talk to us. That's why we call it First and 10. All right, we've been pretty harsh on the Gamecocks tonight because that was a very bad performance, offense, defense, special teams. They were pretty good once again. Uh, but offense, defense, I think they were equally bad. And I think just just think it's disappointing for a team like that um, to go down and have that kind of performance against a non-ranked team that had not been playing good defense this year, yet they just stonewalled the Gamecocks offense. No, Phil, I tell you, I, I couldn't agree more. I didn't, you know, I've been watching, re-watching that game this afternoon and just – you know, it, it's to start with their defense, if, if you don't mind. They, they shied away from contact. Literally, it didn't look like they wanted to be there at, at times. I know that's that's not the mentality, but they just seemed very lethargic. And I went back and I noticed this during the game, but they missed a total. Now, I stopped counting when the backup quarterback came in. They missed a total, legitimately total of 23 tackles in that game, 17 in the first half. And these were legitimate, not arm tackles. These were legitimate tackle opportunities. That could completely change that game. And obviously, I don't think they missed those tackles against A&M. I don't think they missed those tackles in any of the games they've won. And probably if you, a game or two they lost. The Missouri game coming to mind. Um, but just not a good performance overall statistically. You know, I want to get missed tackles. I always tell you a ton. And 23 is a lot. 17 coming in the first half. You know, eight in the first quarter, nine in the second quarter, five in the third, and I quit counting in the fourth. <laughs> well, that explains why Florida rushed for 260 some odd yards in the first half. Yeah, they were 281 at halftime. Or 281. And with nine minutes to go in the first half, Florida had rushed for 212 yards to South Carolina seven. Yeah. Just if it had been Florida, you know, Steve Spurrier, Florida era, Urban Meyer with Tim Tebow ramming it down your throat with the pouncy twins up front, okay. We're not very good, I understand, but that this Florida team's not that good. It's just not that good. Is that I mean, is that just poor game planning, poor preparation? How do you explain that? Honestly, there's unless you're inside those four walls, you don't know for for a fact what's going on. They came out extremely flat, just like Clemson had the last two games. We'll get to them, but this was their Syracuse or their Notre Dame. You know, they've had uh, the the Arkansas game where they got pushed around by I think Arkansas at that time was healthy and much better than they are now. Mm-hmm. Um, although Alabama might argue with you a little bit, mm-hmm. <laughs> or LSU, I'm sorry, LSU would definitely would argue with you how good they are with a four, third and fourth string quarterback in. But you know they just got whipped at the point of attack on both sides of the ball. Uh, technique didn't look good. Pass rush, defensive linemen are taught to attack half a man, attack the edges, the shoulders. And they were running right through the middle of Florida's players and no pass rush to speak of at times from some very talented defensive linemen that we've seen do great things this year and beat ranked teams. So I think that's what's so disappointing is we know their potential. And Lloyd not being there definitely hurt them. You know, I I really wonder if leaving him at home, I know they did that against Vanderbilt and it was fine, but he's a big-time leader on that team. If that It can't make that big of a difference. So it's just a – Overall, bad day for him at the office, honestly. Just a bad, bad performance. Do you, do you see Jaheim Bell as a true running back? Not at all. I mean, I think he's a great multi-purpose back. He's going to enjoy a great career in the NFL if he can stay healthy. Um, H-back, definitely. A guy that can run wildcat, do some things like that with the and Joyner, who they're finally using again. Uh, you know, he, he looked really good. That's one bright spot they had. Uh, but – 
Bell's not a true running back. He's probably a one-back guy. If you were in an old Washington Redskins, John Riggins, George Rogers type role, he might be good at that, but you know, not a true running back. No, great athlete, one of the very best in the SEC, I think, but just an overall great player that you can use in a lot of areas to get matchups on people that, that can help you win. Mm-hmm. First and 10 here tonight on Sports Talk. Zach Willis with us for a few moments here tonight chatting about the uh, Gamecocks and uh, Gators. We'll get into the uh, Tigers in Louisville in a couple of moments. And, Coach, considering the struggles that they've had offensively, and this is not just a one-off, uh, for the most part against anybody with a pulse, it appears, they've mm-hmm. had struggles offensively. Is there a, an opportunity in your mind to run somebody else in at quarterback? Is it all on Spencer Rattler? Would Luke Doty make a difference? Would you make a change? And it appears that, that Shane Beamer, and he actually said it as much, they are concerned about playing him because they don't want to give up his uh, red shirt. But if you're trying to win now, is that the, the appropriate way to, uh, to handle things offensively? Well, I know they've got so many games they can play Luke in before he gives up his red shirt, so I, I don't know if that's really an issue. Is it? I mean, no, he he's played his four. He he pointed out has. Beamer pointed out after the game the other night, but still, as, as the, the point that Chris is making is if he can help you now, why yeah. are you sacrificing the here and now for who knows what next year brings? Well, here here's my thing: is I, I also Spencer Rattler's health. I mean, the amount of hits he's taken a game. Uh, you know, we charted those one game. He took 25 legitimate solid hits mm. in the last football game. And this this kid is a great talent, but he is a guy that needs to be protected to a degree. And Doty, Doty runs extremely well. I don't know if he'd be any better, but it's, it's worth a try. But here's the thing. They need to have plays repped in practice that fit Luke Doty's strengths. Spencer's a different kind of quarterback. Honestly, I don't know who this offense is framed for because it's so put together in hodgepodge fashion. you got a little bit of spread, a little bit of RPO, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. I mean, you can't really tell what they're trying to do most of the time, even when they're winning. I mean, they, they're, they're, they're kind of – and I, I think most people can see that. I don't think it takes a guy that coached 26 years to figure that out. And it, it tells on the kids, Rattler – is late on most of his throws right now and because he doesn't trust his offensive line. Where, Josh Van, man, I'm, what are we doing? We're not using him, and now they finally started using Joiner. and look how dynamic he appears to everybody else on the field when he's running with a ball. Um, I, hey, it just just as long as it's organized would be my answer to the question. Don't go out there and look stupid and like you hadn't prepared and you're just throwing the kid out there because all you're doing is preparing him to fail. And I'm not trying to be ugly. I try to, I try to have as much class as possible for a boy from a call. Hmm. But, you know, <laughs> at, le- at least give, give, <laughs> give these kids a chance to win. Give them a chance to win and put them in things that Luke Doty does well, that Spencer Rattler does well, that Dakari Joyner does well. And Joyner has actually had probably the better end of that deal with a Wildcat. Mm-hmm. All right, Zach, if that's the case, what does Carolina do well offensively? I mean, if you had to label their identity, what is their identity? Well, when they got Lloyd, they can run the football because he's such a dynamic performer. Losing their offensive line coaches hurt that tremendously. Their 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 technique has suffered. Their hand placement, you know, their their footwork is not as good. Even their alignment, you know, they, they gave up a eight a, what thirty eight yard big time pass in late in the game. It wouldn't have mattered about. It would help momentum, help team morale to a, a great tight end who's underused again. It came over with Rattler. They've got to line up right. So 
they can they can do a lot of things well. I think they've got to let Rattler be more of a pocket passer and a legit RPO. And with their, and it's not a it's a PPO. It's going to be pass to pass option. He's not going to run. He's going to beat you with arm talent, which he has a ton of. But you have to run a more a true pro style offense and quit saying it's pro style when it's not and let them read routes on the run. And it's a little bit late in the game for that, to be honest. That should have been the first thing they did when he got there. I guess we failed to mention, I haven't even talked about the fact that on their possessions in the second half, on four plays, they had three turnovers after plays yeah. were made. I mean, you had uh, what, yeah. two pass receptions. They got hit. They fumbled. They lose it. You had the run up the middle where the – 450-pound defensive tackle rips it loose from three turnovers on four plays. And I just simply ask you as a football coach of 26 years, how does that happen? I mean, is it just bad luck? Is that what it is? You just write it off to just bad luck? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. That's fundamentals. And it goes back to Little League football, ball security in Atlanta, South Carolina. Were y'all the Hornets back when you played, Phil? I know they were when I played them. No, 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 no. no. Red Raiders and then became the Vikings. I like the Red Raiders. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of liking the Vikings here lately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they're rolling pretty good up there in Buffalo. But anyway. Yeah, you got your boy playing quarterback who I don't like. You might not like him, baby, but you got to love him right now because he's winning. Yeah. Anyway, and he's got the chains rolling for his friends, his homies. So he's doing things the right way. Now back to the Gamecocks. It's ball security. Every guy who's ever played football, you go up, you try to strip your buddy from the football, they throw it on the ground, you wrestle around for it, you learn how to cover the ball up, you learn the seven points of contact. You know, as Coach Holtz used to tell us at Carolina, you've got to be a fanatic about fundamentals. Look at Steve Spurrier's offenses, how simple they were, but how effective, because they were fundamentally sound. I would argue they were fundamentally excellent when he whipped Clemson five years in a row and Georgia three years in a row. Mm-hmm. They had great talent, but they didn't turn that ball over. And that's the same thing that Phil, what was Phil Petty, the late Phil Petty known for? He didn't get you beat, and he got you in a position to win late, and their character won. This team had, I think this team has some character, believe it or not. I just think they're kind of groping around in the dark trying to find their true identity on the offensive side and keep them playing hard on defense when they have these great stands, block these field goals, and do the things they did. They can't, it's, a, it's a stab and a dagger to the heart when you fumble the ball right back to a team. Mm-hmm. It's a killer, and it's all fundamentals, guys. It's tucking that ball, holding on. And when Jaheim Bell has called on to come back there and run it, he's not run the ball his life. He's not been a running back. It's a different type of hit you take, and it's exactly what happened to him. He's in a big pile, and a 400-pounder ripped it away from him. It's as simple as that. But it's repetitions and experience that went out. And guess what, guys? Repetition and experience in games is what makes coaches. And you're seeing more on-the-job training, albeit they're ahead of schedule. I like what they're doing, but they've just got to simplify some things and decide who they're going to be. Yeah. Can't have 11 penalties either. They're one of the worst nope. teams in the country when it comes to that. All right, Clemson, they uh, they won. They beat Louisville, um, I wouldn't say in dominant fashion, and they knocked out the Louisville quarterback. They had turnover problems, but they had some big plays, some explosion in their offense, and they got Uyangale running the football, uh, and their defense did a, did a pretty good job most of the day to kind of keep things in front of them and, and keep things in check. You never got the feeling – from what I could see, that you know Louisville was going to be able to uh, grind it out against them. So, no. did Clemson uh, kind of fix their issues? 
I mean, if he plays like that the rest of the year, they won't, they're not going to lose unless they make it. They play somebody really good. Um, here, here's what I got it down to, Phil. I figured this thing out because it's been on my, it's been eating away at me. We got two identities under that helmet of number five. You got DJ, the kid that played against Syracuse and struggled, and Notre Dame, and then you got Big Cinco. Big Cinco mm. played the first six games, and he played in Death Valley the other day. Mm. Big Cinco's got swagger. He's got a guy draped all over him, throws a 10-yard out, and fits it through the eye of a needle to get it to a great receiver who catches the ball. He makes all kind of runs. He makes great decisions on the read option. I went back and looked. He gave up over 70 yards and bad reads and runs against Notre Dame and probably two touchdowns that would have won that game for him, I believe. Uh, so we have to have Big Cinco show up on Saturday. Now, I don't know if it's social issues, if it's some kind of environmental thing, home versus away, what bed he sleeps in, who his roommate is, if him and his girlfriend are getting along. Oop. But we, we've got to have Big Cinco on Saturday if we're going to win like Clemson is used to winning. Uh, and here's the other thing. They've got to quit building their offense around quarterbacks who are good quarterbacks but not great. Their generational players right now are at tailback. I don't know if Clemson has a fullback in the house. Okay, but they need, they got two great tight ends, one big, big timer, and one future big timer. They've got more of a Washington Redskins, Joe Theismann, John Riggins. Again, going back to that team, and this is what got me on them. Look at their personnel. Great receivers. They're not big and tall, but they can get behind people and hurt you bad like the crowd up in Washington do when they won three Super Bowls. They've got a long ball, big, strong quarterback who can run it, but imagine him with a fullback. And then you got those those big backs pace it and playing right now. When he comes back, his legs are going to be so fresh. He's a little, he was shot out of a cannon. And and think about just think about centering things around Shipley, who you say is the heartbeat of your team. Mm-hmm. Now, if that's true, I want the ball in the best one yard touchdown run I've seen in years against Wake Forest back when they were ranked tenth in the country. They've been you know, ACC ain't no good, but they've been beat up pretty good by some people, including that Louisville crowd. That, that Clemson took apart Saturday. Clemson physically on defense is a dominant football team, but you can't leave any team out there too long. And they got to be able to learn to line up against exotic formations and play hard every down. And that sounds like a lot of stuff, but it boils down to are we going to have DJ or are we going to have Big Cinco? They've got to find a way for him. From what I hear, he's a great character kid. He wants to win. He's willing to do what it takes. Get that kid in big, big Cinco mode every day right after they eat the pregame meal and let him roll and make sure those running backs can eat because that's yeah. the way you keep him. Hey, if you keep him ahead of the chains, he is a one heck of a quarterback. As good an arm as there is in college football and not a bad runner either. I wouldn't want to have to hit him at, what, 6'4", 6'5", 240 pounds. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he can run, and his change of direction is as good as anybody. So I say more of what we saw – First six games in Louisville, no telling how good the Tigers can end this year and everybody be happy in Tiger Town. Big Zach mode tonight. We thank you, my friend. Great stuff. Talk to you next week. Thank you, guys. Zach Thanks, Willis coach. first and uh, let's see, 35. First and 16 tonight. In about 15, 16 minutes. That's great. Want to get a holding penalty? Hardly took it. <laughs> yeah, they got. Of course we did. <laughs> of course there was a penalty involved.